Hello, gracefully chosen community, and welcome to Foster My Stories, the achievement-focused podcast for foster care, adoption, orphan, inclusive of underserved communities. I'm your host, Shalina Michelle Tate, and on today's cast episode, and yes, I said cast episode, I'm going to be interviewing Shana Asby, a family life coach from Detroit, Michigan, now residing in Fort Mill, South Carolina. I'm so excited because she's here on location with me currently. Shana, how are you doing today? I am doing so great. I just want to say I'm I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for actually having a podcast. That way that you can open up the community. We need more podcasts like this. So hats off to you, Shalina. Hats off to you. Thank you so much. As I said earlier, I can't take the credit. I'm grateful that this is a needed podcast. And then I'm grateful that you're here as a guest interviewing on the podcast. And I'm so excited to have you here. How'd you got your start before becoming a life coach? I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan. And as a child, I was actually gave up by my mom at the age of 12 years old. I had two younger siblings. And it was hard for me. You know, my father was not my biological father. He was the only father that raised me that I knew. And I had a step parent. My mom, she didn't leave because she was on drugs or anything. It actually happened on Christmas Day. And when I asked, what's going on? You know, I'm the oldest. I have two younger siblings. Why did you leave? She said, because y'all don't get along with my boyfriend. As children, we suffer from a lot of verbal abuse, mental abuse, physical abuse. Before that, sexual abuse by our cousin. And that is a part of my backstory. Got into community organizing. Worked with an organization called good jobs now where we actually talked about injustices within the city of Detroit and this is where I learned how to start speaking up not just for injustices within the city but for injustices within the family yes I'm over here gushing and beaming because <laughs> I love Shana's transparency how was your transition like was there like a time before realizing hey I want to make an impact in this area how was it for you stability was one of my hardest issues because I only knew stability in elementary school after this happened when I turned 12 years old I didn't know what stability was. My mother would come back every other year or every two years. School was a transition for me. I was always a new kid. You meet people from everywhere being a new kid, but I was smart. What I realized about myself was if my home life wasn't good, I didn't care about school. But if my parents were engaged, then I cared about school. I was always a writer. Even when I got in trouble in class for laughing at the class clown, the teacher always wanted to put my work on the board. When it came to graduating that senior year, because I had messed up that 11th grade year, I just knew I wanted to graduate. So if I had to take two English class or two of another class, I did it just to walk across that stage. My mission was I had to graduate. That's a lot of youth, and I know experience as well, how your home environment, and I'm kind of passionate about this. I've spoken before about this on Foster My Stories, how a lot of times we go to school, and it's not that we're bad kids, and it's not that we can't learn the material, but unfortunately, the school systems tend to test you and medicate you. you come to school you're trying to adjust and really the instability that is kind of weighing on how you do in your classes mm-hmm. and naturally trauma is happening yeah. you're not going to be at your best mm-hmm. in any situation and experiences you listening very well may have gone through that or you may have a child who is going through that or know someone who has gone through that know that you have a gracefully chosen guest here who can relate to you welcome your situation and I had to grow up quick she had to be really the mother of the household she had to do a lot of things and I can imagine someone saying right now well yeah that's the way it's supposed to be but it's a difference when it's abuse and it's not really a natural like we're going to work as a family we're going to do this together as a unit it's a difference when the child cannot be a child they're forced to grow up beyond their years and then in mostly more ways than one and as Shana you know touched on earlier in a lot of ways that shouldn't have not 
not been happened and then unfortunately the physical abuse you know she has her siblings there she's trying to maintain with her siblings and then also school and then she basically had three full-time jobs and family yeah. herself in school a lot of times you know we meet people along the way and you know they have these dynamic careers and dynamic things going for them and really don't always hear their backstory of how they got there so that's why on today's foster my story I wanted to dig deeper be transparent with she's already doing about how she got to several points in her life okay you've already just got through it with your mom and then that whole altercation but then your dad who you were I know he's not your biological but he was like a father figure right and then for him to come out and flip the script that had to been devastating and so because you're the oldest you really don't have anybody else to turn to right and it's like you decided to leave what happened after that you decided to leave and then if so where did you go what happened from that point after that I went to my grandfather's house to finish out the year before my mom came and got me so my grandfather that I actually was my mother's father that I went to go live with he was older but he had a daughter who is my aunt who is actually a year older than me she informed me that Russell Sr. was my father was my biological father she went through a lot as a child her mother passed away when she was young I looked up to this aunt she was strong to me she was close to my age the process of going to my grandfather it was freedom so a lot of things that my auntie was doing I knew nothing about boys marijuana alcohol started drinking I ended up pregnant at the age of 15 my mother found out about it and she made me have an abortion now my family was shocked first of all because my auntie always get in trouble not shame they blamed her they didn't blame me and i was like oh i'm gonna have somebody who loves me and i'm gonna raise this baby to love me i'm gonna be the best parent i went through a lot in that process too and that was right before my mom came to get testimony on top of testimony and that's why i'm so grateful to have shana here with me today you call this the keeping it real episode (laughs) (laughs) but it's needed because here on foster my stories yes we do highlight a lot of the um, achievement focused content but of different communities underserved foster care adoption orphans it's also good to be able to hear really testimonies like these of my guests who have been through some real stuff once again so you can know as gracefully chosen listeners that you're not alone and so Shana she said she basically went to her grandfather's and really she just had a crash course in life I can relate to that but different is that I went through the foster care system so almost like Shana you coming out of that system sheltered because you really haven't had real life right. experiences right. you're like a kid in the candy store but you, you don't know that the candy's going to make your stomach upset right. so, <laughs> yeah and so you you know yeah you, you're looking at boys you're googling God and anything can happen. Of course, she said how I have a little person. They're going to be the love of my life. Yeah. Doherty that was over her it was saying, get rid of it. Of course, I could never speak to that situation, but that's a testimony in itself. I believe Shana went through that because her testament is for any of you listeners out there or anyone really who may have gone through that or who are at the breaking point of that right now to know that, you know, hey, you're not alone. Yeah. Shana, I can't imagine the just the emotional state you were in. What was your state like? Did you go into like an oppression, depression, or how was it for you? And then what was the recovery? It was hard just thinking, you know, okay, I have this baby one day. I don't have this baby another day. It was more of, I was embarrassed just to be that teen and being pregnant. It hurted that I had to lose a child. still fresh to me, but my world is still going because I live in this neighborhood that wasn't the best. threw myself out there and I create this mask. So it makes you more promiscuous, things that you shouldn't be doing. There was hanging with the drug dealer, hanging with older guys. I can remember being 15 and a guy would try to talk to me. Oh, I'm 19. Things like that. It just, it made me become somebody else 
that I shouldn't have become. My mother was very high class. So I still had that piece in me. I knew how to reserve, pull back, and come forward. It took a lot out of it, but that was when I started becoming my author ego. And I call her red. It took on a life of its own. When, and I've talked about this briefly on another episode, when you go through really any type of trauma, whether it's emotional, physical, sexual, mental, and of course when we're going through these things, you can't really see it this way. A lot of times this revelation comes much later on in life, but all of those are really a type of warfare that we have experienced. And a lot of times it will not just be one thing, like say for instance, you know, I went through foster care and and coming out of foster care, stem the root of rejection and the root of rejection stems on to other stuff that attaches itself abandonment and just you know relationships yeah. and possibly being with the wrong people and then so what Shana's highlighting on is like how going through anything traumatic experiences and then, and then more freshly for her losing a baby and even though she, it was a new experience for her it was still a loss it all came together condemnation probably from the family past all that is trauma you don't really have nowhere to go and, and know what to to do and then naturally sometimes the response is to like you know what hey okay I don't care anymore or whatever just just traumas and stuff we've been through people would call it a fight or flight experience or emotion but it's really survival these real issues like man I'm just recalling some stuff I've been through growing up and situations out that I know other people may have been in and then you as listeners may have been in as well this is real life I appreciate the fact that we can now talk about real life as well here on Foster My Stories because you know you may be hearing all this stuff and you're like man this episode going yes it is <laughs> but it's also attached this is necessary information because it is attached to the achievement portion of why this podcast exists we do highlight the achievement of these different communities but a lot of times before you can even get to an achievement you have to go through a testimony yes. Shana, was there a breaking point or did anybody come in any mentors for you what was the point of the turning point from that trauma being out there was my stepmom. She had a best friend. We called her Auntie Lori. She started noticing little things that was going on in her household. Like, why is Shayna washing everybody clothes? She shouldn't be washing everybody clothes in the house. Get on my stepmother. Notice one day I was walking up the stairs. He was coming to get me. Uh, my stepmother said something to me, and I went to go walk up the stairs, and my stepmother jumped on. My Auntie Lori was like, what's going on? So that was like one of them. So my aunt was a getaway. But she could only do so much because it caused friction between her and my stepmom. Yeah. There wasn't many working at Eckers at a drugstore, and it's young lady was there her name was Tanya and I looked at the Tanya like a big sister and it just so happened that my boyfriend was her cousin her family and her became my other family at this point in time my mother boyfriend moved out moved down the street but I didn't see my mother so I wouldn't see my mother for like months I'm in this apartment by myself hardly ever see my mom but this family over here took me under their wing when they took me to South Carolina North Carolina I can remember that was the first time I ever in my life saw what family was I saw women in the kitchen making biscuits from scratch. And I was walking through the house and I was just looking. That was God. That was my first experience of family. When I relocated back to Detroit my senior year, another woman came to my life. I had an ex-boyfriend. I always dated the bad guy. That was another one of my flaws. His mother was just a great person. Had a beautiful heart. Called me. I was trying to keep her son out of trouble. I used to go in the houses and pull him out. I used to go in the neighborhood and find him after school. (laughs) I used to hear about him all the time. And I'm in high school. Nobody would mess with me because they knew I'm Thomas' girl. But his mother and his father loved me. And that's because I came in there respectfully, talked to them all the time. So she was one another highlight in my life who actually poured into me. So God would send me a few. It would hold on for that point in time. But I still became that bad girl. You know, that's that's amazing to hear her 
say that because those real moments of the fact that yes she's been transparent she said yes she was still that bad girl she dated the bad guy but god like she was crediting was already doing the works in her she was talking i was just imagining wow he was already setting up she went and pulled her boyfriend out the trenches really i'm not sure if you yet or started having the the stirring yet that was leading me towards being a family life coach gracefully chosen listeners just know that and we've said this a few times here on the episode that a lot of times your background you know what you've come from and what you've gone through sometimes you may think it's so awful so bad but a lot of times it's a setup you may not understand it of course when you're going through it and it's, it's traumatic later down the line you realize that wait a minute i went through this because it was connected to a greater purpose of course that revelation comes in time but in her eyes she may have felt to be the bad girl and him the bad guy but her purpose that's why i'm getting excited <laughs> is her purpose was being birthed her purpose was being stirred and from the time he was pulling your boyfriend out the trenches and then <laughs> connecting to his mom and then also it's good to hear and like she said credit with God he started having people there in her midst who in a way she almost adopted into a family really up oh, you know her. yeah it's like he had really uh rims in the bush for yeah, her and yes for her I guess to really tell her despite what she's going through and maybe going through that he's watching her and he has her back. Shannon, you connected with these dynamic women, these dynamic families. Did there start to be a shift from there? Those moments, did they start to kind of pique your interest more? And then also, did you spend time with them? Did you talk? What was the transition Oh, my goodness. Trey, his family, how loving the family is, how it just made me feel how a family is supposed to be. It opened up a lot of doors for me as far as like my eyes open. And I stayed with that big sister, which is his cousin, for probably for the rest of the year. Her father, the best one to adopt me. It just so happened somehow my little brother found out where I was. And he said, do you want to come home? I decided to go home. That's when I actually met the second boyfriend and his mom where I was pulling him out of houses. So in that process, I didn't realize even then that everything was going to be burnt. With, I never forget coming home this one particular night late. Now, you know, they Jehovah's Witnesses. Okay. They don't play. I came home late. The mother said, where have you been? She was standing at the top of the stairs. She said, I smell the alcohol. I smell the marijuana from here. Ma'am, I was not smoking marijuana, but I was drinking. And I remember just sitting on that step, breaking down. Just broke down and let everything out as if I was in counseling. Of course, alcohol makes you do that. I promise I stopped drinking. After that, how I ended up transitioning is family started breaking apart because on Mother's Day 98, there was a house fire that broke out. Sister and the boyfriend, my best friend's brother had moved out with the little boy and the two oh. kids and, and their kids so they had three they moved out the house and they had their own place they kept asking me to move with them and i was like no nah i don't think so yeah. sleeping in the bed wake up oh. and i don't see my best friend in the room and then all of a sudden i hear somebody screaming so i'm thinking that the mother had a seizure so i run down the stairs to see what's going on find out a house fire broke out where the brother and the girlfriend live so the six month old baby they had she died instantly of smoke inhalation the two-year-old that i was so that was my baby he actually had a 30 percent chance of living 80 percent of his body was actually burned and the three-year-old jumped out the window and his shoelace got caught on the window somebody got him down to 
see something that you love so much that you have poured your heart into. Remember, I had an abortion. I, I didn't have a kid. Yeah, so then I see this kid. He has a name like mine, but he his mother's treating him different because he was a product of rape. Now he's fighting for his life. So that was my first scream. Got put out the house. They going through their family. And somebody said, Shana, let's go to the military. She was in the military. She said, I live on base Quantico. Let's just go to the military. And I followed her because I couldn't take no money. Yeah. And she said, we can get on a buddy system. We're going to work out together. And then we're going to get the recruiters. So I actually moved to Virginia in D.C. We were living on base Quantico. And I found the Church of God in Christ. Actually, they found me. Man, how's that? traumatic situation you know in my heart does go out to with that situation to that family and just in that trauma Shana had a revelation really her heart really aligning more with the purpose she already had a taste of it her boyfriends and pulling them out the trenches but now it's these babies these youth and then the friend says come on let's go in the military and that was a turning point and then of course she just said with the church of God in Christ when you was on the base is that the beginning stages of more wanting to you know what I want to start helping around this yeah. area the church in God Christ, that was the first part of changing my life. Yeah. I'm not saying that I stayed on that path, yeah. but it was the first light. The way that they work there, they take you through these classes and courses that get you involved with community, people in your area. But in your area, in your community, they learn everything about you. In order to join the church, they take seven states. They take you through. You have to learn about God, who he is. The last step, I could not get over. We stayed on there for like three weeks, and it was forgiveness. What? Forgiveness? Yes. <laughs> When you said forgiveness, I was like, forgive who? I didn't know that it was so much for my mother. Do you know what happened to me? You know what could have been avoided? I even knew who I was going to marry. It says you can't be unequally yoked. What? (laughs) This is the person I'm marrying. Um, Forgive her. When they got to that part, when they said, okay, okay, we've been going through this for three weeks. This has been a while. What if Jesus didn't get on that cross for you? Are you sweet? Okay, so that right there just like broke me. And my first assignment was to write a letter to my mother forgiving her. That opened up the doors for a lot. Once I got over and understood how to forgive, then I started forgiving everybody. I knew how to forgive. And so here we are. I'm going through this, but I'm still one mother. So I went through years of trying to build that relationship with her. I followed Every time I followed her, it was six steps back. She wasn't ready. Eventually, through a divorce, I had a child. I got to the point where I was in the bed. Father God, I just need to find my purpose. I was in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'll never forget it. And to this church that everybody was at, just so happened that some cousins was there. We always talked about purpose. So I sat up in the bed and I said, God, where's my purpose? So I wrote down all these things of what I was passionate about. And number one was women and children. Women with low self-esteem. Children. And it seems like God started shifting me. Remember, you don't know how the shift is going to go. Because if you would have known the journey, you wouldn't have wanted to take the journey to get there yeah no after divorce i had two-year-old i still came this person moved to atlanta want to party all the time you know it was different transitions then but god kept calling me i'm talking about even to the point where i had a dream one night talking to a young lady on the side of the road and she said your car tire is out and i said yeah okay thank you in the dream so the next morning i got up i I had a mitsubishi eclipse i started kicking the tire gt do you know that particular week i was driving and i was so tired one of my mentors another one barbara she said shana you need to stay here and go to sleep she had a mental illness problem but i love this woman and i could not stay there with her because i knew i wouldn't get no sleep and i said no i'm going home 
And I remember driving and the way that the road is set up in Atlanta, a lot of times you can't see over the hill. And as I drove over the hill, I realized I was in the meeting. It was a gravel. So when I went to go turn the wheel, an 18 wheeler came by and knocked my car over into the lane. Had it been any sooner, I would have been gone. I was so shook. I pulled over to the side. He was going so fast, he had to walk back. I was on the side of the road and this truck pulled up back in my dream. A lady spoke over the passenger and she said, are you okay? Yes, I saw everything that happened. I live the first house on the block on the corner if you need anything please come and tell me just like them dream and it was the same tire and i remember going to barbara's house the next day and the young lady said look that's because god is trying to get your attention and so that right there kind of shifted me like oh no i gotta get my life right and i have to get it right to the point where i'm doing what god has called me to do and so that started the process of me wanting to speak to the youth fire and get into community organizing and that's how i became a community organizer that's dynamic in itself how she went through that journey she was at the church but then truth started bombarding her and the power of forgiveness which is something we all need to have especially as we're making our divine transitions as led by God and of course as you already know here on Foster My Stories you know we never beat that over your head or force that on you but yes they always attest to where our help comes from and our testimonies come from and God giving testimonies what's my purpose you know sometimes we go through these things and a lot of times we go through our you know situations our past and then it gets us to that point of why am I here what's my purpose and when you start to ask those questions and especially when you're desiring a divine answer the revelation will come it wasn't until she was able to step into the forgiveness really which aligned her into her purpose just hearing how she said she had to come to write that letter I imagine that was breakthrough a much needed her dynamic service that she has beautiful by Shana I'm gonna let her expound on the services that she offers when it comes to children who have traumatic experiences and don't have that really family knit bond you know in this process, I lost my father in 2002 to a motorcycle accident. Then I lost my brother in 2012, 28. I lost him in a car crash. Um, it was a, a lot of things that went on in between there. I'm a community organizer. Just my cousin came down here. She was like, during my brother's funeral, I said, Shana, all your brother wanted to do was be a sister. That's all he wanted. The last thing I said to him was, I love you. When I said, I love you, then I called him back. I said, did you hear me say I love you? <laughs> I had already got my peak. But when she said that to me, I went upstairs crying. I said, all he wanted me to do was be a sister. I called up all my brothers and sisters. Yeah. I said, you know what? From today on, all y'all issues, y'all have y'all mother, everything that y'all going through, y'all need to talk to y'all mother. Yeah. I'm no longer yeah. your mother. Yeah. I'm your yeah. sister. I called my mother. I said, look here. From today on, I'm no longer your mother. I'm your daughter. Order. changed me i gave it all back yeah. you know god allowed me to do that but in that process i started realizing how many other children were going through this and as you know when we don't have that strong connection or family background yeah. or that rooted foundation yeah. we go through things we don't know who to turn to sometimes we don't have households that we can go to i'm living from pillar to post living with different people because my father's deceased now you know so i'm living with my brother this household might not be right so god kept putting me in different people's households to see how their family was interact and what i was in them so i saw a lot going through those different households i used to cry because i could not gain my footing with my son on my own to be stable going through the welfare system had to give him back to his dad a couple of times my son because I didn't have the stability or because my mother would put me out or, you know, different things like that. So I said, you know what, God, you know, I have to create family is my passion. I had to create some this program 
or and he just started putting it in my spirit, this program. So the program is called the Right to Knowledge. The Right to Knowledge actually has pillars. It deals with self, self-love and knowledge of self, family, community, education, and purpose. And the way that God gave it to me is that you can't get to the next step until you deal with the first step. That means self-love, knowing who I am, and loving who I am. So at one point in time, I had self-confidence, but I didn't have self-worth. And and that was the big thing. You know, no, not self-confidence, self-worth. It had to come together. So once I learned self-worth and understood who I was and loved myself internally and externally, I started treating myself better. So then it was family. And my family, I'm the oldest. I was going through Detroit correcting them when they were wrong and you know what i'm saying like no you're not supposed to do this no you can't be comfortable doing this yes it may seem like it i was being the boss at the time i wasn't being the boss i saw you and i'm not gonna let you get hurt so i'm gonna protect you but i'm gonna keep moving so then that's when i realized it's not about i can't change my family they gotta want to change themselves but i can be that spark i can be that spark so whoever i am within the family so that's where self, that's where family comes in. Yeah. Understanding who you are within the family to understand that part and then community. Because if I know who I am within my family, I can expound on community. I pick up mothers, play mothers and fathers ever since I was a kid. Um, this is my auntie. This is my auntie. So then I realize that what I do within myself, it affects the next person. What I do within community affects the next person. I affect the community. And so does the community affect me? So, because we're all connected. That's the pillar of community. Then the next one is education. Understanding that we're going to always be learning for the rest of our lives. And that process in learning and experiencing will lead to what? Growth. Spiritually, mentally, and physically. We're supposed to always evolve. Especially spiritually. Especially mentally. And sometimes we get in those traumatic experiences and we get trapped. So after community and education, it's purpose. It's to help people align with what their purpose is because they didn't got all the rest of that out the way. They didn't understood that they connect to self, family, community, and then education and to purpose. And that's where the program, the right to knowledge, has come from. And then me wanting to be a family life coach and creating other processes in the steps of still going through life, emergency crisis prevention and creating workshops where I can help other women to know their virtue. Can I say to know their virtue? To know their virtue, for men to know their valor, and to understand that they are connected to self and community, and they have a purpose within this life. So if I can create workshops, emergency crisis prevention workshops, that will help you not go, go in that apartment, that abandoned house, help you not go to that club, or help you to say, you know what, this girl is not really interested because that's how some guys end up in situations they shouldn't be into, then I'm going to create those ways. To understand what it is to be self-defense. You know, I was in a situation in 2016 where I was kidnapped, you know, and raped. And I didn't know what to do. God saved me. My son saved my life. You can look it up on the news in, in Charlotte. I was in a shelter at the time because, again, didn't have that family foundation, didn't know who to turn to. But it just so happened that I didn't know what to do. So now, emergency crisis prevention, 
Stop putting yourself in those situations. Mm-hmm. Learning how to create, help create women of virtue, men of valor, experience, teaching them about those experiences, but also allowing them to get opportunities and connect to people in the community. Because I build partnerships with people in the community, businesses and organizations of people who can be there, who can be inspiration. And I can teach these pillars within there, in their communities and organizations, in order to connect the whole. So that's where this program came from, as far as emergency crisis prevention. And that's where the right to knowledge came from, as well as me being a family life coach. I want to see families thrive. I want to see them grow. I want to see them to grow together and help them to make it. So I use my experiences, sibling rivalry, issues with the mother, you know, father issues, daddy issues, different things, and what how I survived it to be a spark for that next person. Man dynamic 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 testimony now being able to be a voice in those communities she had to kind of go through it a lot of times when you're uh, being prepared to be a voice and really um leave a mark in those different situations it may not seem like it at the time but when you're being prepared for your greater purpose you're you know a lot of times you'll look back and realize that oh man I kind of had to be the forerunner for it first she had to be the forerunner for it first now she can fully understand that man God has prepared her for a time such as this to now be so effective in those communities with these women with these youth and and definitely crisis situations all situations that she knows about from experience and I love how really it all circles to the fact that this is a ministry for her a ministry comes in so many forms it doesn't have to be in the church her ministry is out in the trenches with the community we had dynamic ambassadors and and our savior who definitely we highlight for these testimonies who has brought us through so many things as really a view for us to then be able to progress through our lives i'm so excited her program her organization and then of course her website which you definitely can find a lot of what she just discussed on um, Beautiful by Shana. I encourage you to dot com. Check out that website. She's also on Facebook. Her name is spelled S-H-A-N-A-A-S-B-Y. Look her up on Facebook. She has a dynamic picture with some very good looking strawberries and flowers in the background. <laughs> Look her up. Show her some love and let her know that you heard her today on Foster My Stories. That her testimony really uh, affected you and touched your life. Um, maybe y'all can connect and network as well. And then if you yourself is wanting to be a part of her services along with the youth contact her and this is not the only thing she does she is a dynamic author i want to highlight her book that she has here check it out as soon as possible Shay lorraine's bubblegum i'm going to post this on the feed when i get a chance so you can see it get it as a gift for your little ones it is basically saying meet Shay Shay lorraine she's an inquisitive little girl who learns about truths and fibs through her little tragedy bubblegum and basically you can go on the website beautifulbyshana.com to purchase that book please purchase the book and give her a review and show her some love because I know she has more books that she's going to be stirred up to write. I'm excited for that as well. And to let her know um, how this um, Foster My Stories podcast episode has positively affected you as a listener and how you would like to connect with her on her services. Shana, before we go, 
because it's dynamic how we had a, a complete wraparound of really how God has basically shown you a, a roadmap to your purpose, really. As of now, being a uh, a family life coach and then definitely working with different people that you've worked with and then now being an author and a mother, really a leader, is there any words of wisdom, words of advice that you have for any of the listeners or anyone really um, who's possibly wanting to go into counseling or who may have gone through some of the similar situations you've been through any words of advice or wisdom you'd like to give to the listeners yes always words of advice i just want to say look here life is life okay there's no roadmap and not only that things happen things happen you nobody's perfect my story is yet done it is still being written even though i am a family life coach I can help you through those things that you have experienced, right? But to say that I'm the perfect person and that my story is done, it's not done. So within saying that, I'm telling you that your story is not done. You still woke up today. You still are breathing. That means that today I may have made mistakes, but tomorrow's a new day and I can change my ways. I can change something about me. Or I can inspire somebody else and encourage somebody else because we're connected. I just want to tell the listeners today that you are not alone in anything that you go through. God gave us family when he gave us each other. We can connect to anybody. Stephen Furtick last week, he said, who's going to be my Abishai? Who's going to be that person that connects to me to help me get through that ministry or that purpose or those rocky times. Because even me as a family life coach, I have another coach. I have mentors. Podcasts like this to get my testimony out there. That is still an Abishai. You're an Abishai. You're an Abishai, Miss Shalina. You're an Abishai. So I just want to tell you, you're not alone. If you have an issue, if you're going through a situation, it could be domestic violence, it could be abuse. Because I didn't even touch on those issues and those things. I've experienced those things. Get help. Know that you're not alone. Connect. Relate. Rebuild. Restoration is yours. God is forgiving. He's a forgiving God. And once you learn how to forgive, forgive yourself. Forgive yourself first. Love God. And move forward into your purpose. It's right there. If you need any assistance, like I'm always here, you can look me up on www.beautifulbyshana.com. That's beautiful by B-Y-Shana, S-H-A-N-A.com. You can reach me at my business number, which is 803-415-9682. 803-415-9682. Look me up on Facebook, Shana Asby. Look me up on LinkedIn. Anybody would tell you, like, I'm always willing to help. If you are an organization, if you're a business, please connect with me. I want to get this message out there. I even want to help other people to inspire their stories and give their testimonies because it's in their story. It's in their story. The answer is in that story. And so I just want to appreciate, I just want to say I appreciate you, Ms. Shalina, you know, having this as an outlet for people to know that people like me exist. So I appreciate you. I commend you for that. I'm honored. I'm honored and humbled to thank you. Thank you. 
and I'm honored to have you on this podcast and to be able to really listen to a real testimony, a transparent testimony because it's needed. You know, it, you know, uh, it's it's good, you know, to hear the good stuff all the time, but we need to hear how uh, listeners, you know, listeners, we need to hear how the guests have gone through their journeys, gotten through their journeys, and then the point is to then uh, pay it for it and help you as well to realize that you may be going through a similar testimony or have gone through setbacks, but you don't have to stay there. Yeah. And so what Shana was saying is, yes, please, please reach out to her, beautifulbyshana.com. Reach out to her on LinkedIn and Facebook. Um, also, check out her book. Yes, uh, very inspiring. I'm very excited. L- little kids would love this. I see the, the bubble gum <laughs> tucked in the little girl's hair. Shay Shay Lorraine mm-hmm. bubble gum, which you can also order on um, beautifulbyshana.com. And connect with Shana because... Uh, her service, her training and workshops touch on a lot of these topics we talked about today. So we weren't just talking about these topics just to talk. They're, they were all testimony and yeah. all connected to what is now her service that God has really uh, birthed through her to then now be a testament to you and your family and different communities that have gone through these things, traumas and setbacks and just questions yeah. and needing really healing. And she said the key thing that before she could even get to the purpose it was a time of forgiveness yes. and so when you get to understand how to forgive one yourself and that's a god-given thing that that is broken through us daily god-given thing to forgive ourselves and then you can forgive others and the stuff that has been hurtful and setbacks and, tra- and trauma then you can start to freely begin to move into your purpose your god-given purpose yes. i'm so excited um, if you enjoyed this podcast today as much as I've enjoyed being uh, able to interview Shana on this podcast, please reach out and show her some love. Shana, other than your Shay Shay's uh, Lorraine Bubblegum, is there any other project that's kind of related to uh, your service that you are on the books that's in the works? For listeners to watch out for? Yes, uh, of course. I am actually a chapter president of Real Sisters Rising. Um, Real Sisters Rising is an entrepreneurship organization for women. Yes, yes, yes. And so this Saturday coming up, we're having a red hat luncheon. I am the chapter president. We're going to have a guest speaker. Her name is actually Miss Donna Medley. She is a four-time book author. She is a 20-year entrepreneur of a hair salon. So she's going to be blessing us on how to build relationships within the business. We are also working with another guy by the name of Daryl Evans. He is a martial arts instructor. And we're going to do a workshop where it's going to be a two-part where I'm going to give the theory on the emergency crisis prevention training workshop. And he'll give the self-defense class. So his name is Daryl Evans. That's located in Rock Hill. I'm always working always building on the next thing another one is i want to start and i'm looking for if you are out there and you have a story that you want to tell you want to share please reach out to me at 803-415-9682 i'm going to start a tour and this is about sharing your story always 
putting things together, panel discussions, workshops, and different things like that. So I'm in community. I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you heard her right there. Please, please reach out if you have a a story, a testimony, and you can talk with Shana and connect with her, and then she'll get you organized as she's led, and um, her and her team will get, get you organized the best way possible. I'm so excited for what's in store, the more books, the more opportunities, the more doors opening, and that this podcast has been a dynamic testimony to keeping it real. Yes. <laughs> yes. And if you've enjoyed this content, which I'm excited to present as the new season for Foster My Story, stay connected on the Facebook page, Gracefully Chosen um, Facebook page. Remember, the foster, underserved, adoption, and orphan community simply means you're gracefully chosen. It's just a new name that really lets you know that it doesn't matter what you've gone through, your experiences, your circumstances, your setbacks, you're gracefully chosen, and that's a new name to whatever you've been told. Gracefully chosen. Gracefully chosen because you have been preordained and selected for a greater purpose. I'm Shalina Michelle Tate, your host here on Foster My Story. Today has been an honor interviewing my guest, uh, Shana Aspey. And you're welcome. It's been an honor to have you here on Foster My Story. I may just throw away in her car. She may see me on Saturday, like (laughs) at the workshop. I'm not sure. But yes, um, I'm going to be posting um, by the time this podcast airs. um, Many of her workshops may already have been taking place, but I'm going to post her workshops and content earlier on the page. Please go check it out. Stay tuned for more updates and you have a dynamic rest of your day. Bye. Bye -bye. (laughs) Bye-bye.